0: Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 218, I'm joined by long-term podcaster and systems strategist Jan Alunga. Jan explains different strategies to leverage podcast in your content marketing. He also shares his top tips on how to embrace podcast systems and workflow automation, and we also discuss communication strategies that help build engaged communities. This is Jan's version of Be the Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. Okay, Jan.
1: Amelia, hello, I'm here. (laughs) Oh,
0: well, thank you so much for joining me. I am very much looking forward to diving, deep diving into the world of podcasting with you um, and excited to be sharing your podcasting knowledge with my audience. But to get us started, I've asked if you could describe an item of significance. And that's something that gives us a little bit of insight into you and your journey to where you are now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I want to say I'm thrilled to be here because we were talking before we started recording and it's at the time we're recording this, it's been almost three years since we met in person in Brisbane at the We Are podcast conference. So perfect timing. (laughs) Now to answer your question, I mean, I could just look around here, my home office and look or and see plenty of items. But the one I would put emphasis on is what I have in front of me my podcasting microphone. The reason why I mentioned the podcasting microphone is that podcasting has done so much for me, both on a professional level, I have my own business, I'm a consultant, so it has opened many doors professionally speaking, but it also has done plenty of fun and interesting things on a more personal level. I started podcasting back in 2014, actually, so it's been quite a while now since I've been talking in front of the microphone. If I do some quick math, I think between hosting the different podcasts I've hosted over the years and doing interviews as a guest, as we're doing now, I think I'm getting closer to probably 500 episodes being published. So It's safe to say I've been doing this a couple of times.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. So you started podcasting in 2014. That's relatively early in the world of podcasting, before it was very mainstream. What was it about podcasting that really appealed to you?
1: You know, when I get asked this kind of question, I think, My answer sometimes surprises people because I had no idea what podcasting was. If I'm honest with you, Amelia, I had zero clues what the heck a podcast even was. I'm a person who could literally listen to music 24 seven. And back in 2014, I was thinking I was writing an essay for my master's degree at the University of Helsinki here in Finland or something like that. And I think for the first time ever, I felt as if I didn't want to listen to music, but I still wanted to have something in the background. And I just did a, a super random Google search that I think probably one of the most random searches I've ever done. And I actually came across so this audio content and I listened to an interview and I, I really liked it. I was like, oh, and the person who was the guest of the show was actually Pat Flynn. So immediately... He gave me some very good vibes. I liked his style, the content he shared. And I started to listen to more episodes of the podcast I listened to. I started to listen to Pat Flynn's podcast and started to listen to other podcasts. And I started to become a very, very big fan of podcasts.
0: Yeah. And funnily enough, you you would have then gone on to meet Pat Flynn and he's got so much great energy and, and has been podcasting a lot as well. So you know, it's interesting, you know, you stumbled into it in a way oh, yeah. <laughs> and then obviously realized that power of podcasting. And you now, as you say, you've set up a business in this space and you consult and you help people to get more exposure and leads and attract prospects, so customers, through podcasting. Why is it that you think podcasts are so well positioned to do that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a terrific question. And everybody who's here listening to Be The Drop and is maybe thinking about leveraging content as an asset for their business should really pay attention to what we're about to touch upon. There are a few reasons why I think podcasting, it's a terrific medium. I think the first one has to do with your personality. If you think about it, the fact that you have an Australian accent, I have this funny macaroni accent because I come from the Italian-speaking part of Switzerland. That's something that wouldn't necessarily come across had we had this interview in written form. I think that that's a very important thing because people listen not only to what you're communicating, but also how you're communicating it. your accent or the way you express yourself really is an excellent way to touch people on a more personal level or using a more human way of communication. So isn't that better to use video because one not only gets to hear you, but also gets to see you. And that's absolutely true. Video is the closest we get to recreating a face-to-face interaction. However, the issue with that has to do with content consumption. If you think about it, you can't really, or at least you shouldn't, watch video content when you're driving or if you're, I don't know, jogging. Whereas with audio, your listeners could consume it 24-7. And I once got an email from a listener of my music business podcast called The Jazz Spotlight and she told me, last weekend I went on a road trip And I listened to the Jazz Spotlight for 12 hours. First reaction when I read that, I was like, I don't know a single person who could stand to listen to me for 12 hours, not even my parents. (laughs) (laughs) But what was really powerful about that was, if you think about it, having somebody's undivided attention for a long period of time is an excellent way for building the so-called know, like, and trust factor. So For her, I'm sure that not only she enjoyed the content I shared, the conversations with musicians I had, the advice that was shared on those episodes, but also got to know a little bit more about me and my personality and how I am as a person. And that's why then it's not surprising that sometimes when I go to speak at some conferences, like in Australia, where you and I met Amelia or the States or somewhere else, sometimes I get approached by people who listen to my podcasts and say, oh, you're exactly the way I thought you were going to be. And I'm like, well, yeah, because the way I'm talking to you right now is the same way I talk with my clients, which is the same way I talk with my friends. So I think that Podcasting is very powerful for a few different reasons, but the key ones I would highlight are the human component and then the elevated content consumption compared to something like written content or video content where the reader's or the viewer's attention has to be focused exclusively on the screen. Whereas with audio, one can be cooking, walking the dog, exercising, whatever and can still enjoy the audio content.
0: I 100% agree. And it is that flexibility as well. And it's interesting cuz you mentioned, you know, video as a as a close medium and I think people understand the time that takes to produce video content. But then you sometimes come to audio content and people think, "Oh, you just have a conversation, record it, release it." But then if people try and um you know, when businesses start trying to get involved in podcasts, then that can come to the realisation that there's quite a lot of work involved. But um, we recently reconnected, as you said, I met you three years ago, reconnected on Twitter after um, I shared your article, which mm-hmm. is about why you need to automate your podcast workflow. If you could share some of those tips about why they should automate and then, you know, how to automate the podcast workflow.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll be happy to. And uh, I see people coming into the podcasting space and underestimating the work that goes behind it. As you said, they think, well, with video, of course, I need to look great. I need to have lights and this and that. Whereas with podcasts to say, yeah, I can just record, it doesn't matter if it sounds as if I'm recording from my bathroom or from a cave, it's fine. <laughs> and I always I always tell people who are thinking about podcasting, when I started in 2014, a section of Apple Podcasts called New and Noteworthy, out of 20 podcasts there maybe two were by celebrities, media companies, the rest were by independent podcasters like you and I. Nowadays, those numbers have almost shifted. So now there is much fewer independent podcasters being showcased and much more professional companies, celebrities and so forth that get the exposure. So what that means is that we have to approach podcasting, try to do our best. It basically, to use an acting analogy, you can't expect to go to an audition where there is plenty of Hollywood actors there. You have never done anything. Maybe you've played, I don't know, you were, a tree in your school play and you say, yeah, I got this. I, I know I'm gonna be doing great. No, you need to be mindful of that. You wanna have the experience and you wanna really make the most to bring your A game, whatever that looks like. Mm. Now, yeah, to answer your question, and thank you again, Amelia, for sharing the the article there that I wrote about the automation and systems for podcasters. I would say, I mean, there are many reasons why a podcaster or a team of podcasters should consider automation, but I would mention four, which is actually the four I also talked about in the article. And the first one, or the first reason why automation makes sense, it's really self-explanatory, and is the fact that you can basically stop being involved in every single aspect of your podcasting workflow. And yeah, I'm referring to manual tasks. Can we completely automate our podcasting workflow? Absolutely not. But there are some repetitive tasks that can be automated. Then we have tools. So automations or anyway, systems, because I often talk about systems. I help clients with systems and systems, in some cases, allow us to automate certain steps. And in some other cases, they don't allow us to automate those steps, but allow us to have those steps organized in a step-by-step blueprint that we can follow so that we get rid of overwhelm, we get rid of guesswork. So when it comes to tools, systems can help you use them in a more efficient way. And obviously I'm referring to tools one is already using for their podcasting workflow. Then sticking to tools, not only you can use tool A, and to be more efficiently, but you can even make them communicate with each other. And fourthly, which I think is a big reason why systems and automations for podcasters make sense, yet, this is a topic that is often overlooked, especially by independent podcasters, is the fact that by embracing systems, by creating automations for your podcasting workflow, You actually win some time back, which is then time that you can invest on other activities like planning your content, building your community, generating leads, trying to promote your podcast, monetize it. You get the idea.
0: And you mentioned a couple of tools. Um, There are tools that you, are there any tools that you recommend or that you use that, you know, if people are asking about podcast automation tools, what are some of the top ones that's that come to mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I would start by saying that the there is plenty of tools, so chances are, if you're here with Tamila and I, you're probably using something already. The first type of tool that I would recommend and would make sure that every podcaster has in his or her toolkit is a project management tool. Over the years, I've used a few different ones, a few different ones, there is Trello, there is Asana. The one I use and I'm a big fan of is called ClickUp. And ClickUp is, is fantastic for a few different reasons. My favorite one is the fact that it allows me to organize my work and then look at it using different views. The way my brain works, sometimes I realize that having a calendar view, for example, makes it easier compared to a Kanban board view or using a Gantt view in certain instances makes it easier for me to compare to having a sort of list view, like a tool like Asana may have. So a project management tool is definitely uh, something I would recommend. If somebody is quite the visual person, there is a tool I really like, it's called Miro, M-I-R-O. And it's not a project management tool per se, it's more of a digital whiteboard tool, but I like it because it's very visual in nature. And especially if you're a pen and paper kind of person, and perhaps you have post-it notes laying around, the smartphone app of Miro has a cool feature that allows you to take a picture of a post-it note, and it turns it into a digital post-it note that you can edit inside your Miro dashboard, which I think is pretty cool. So yeah, a project management tool, most definitely. Then another type of tool you want to look into is a tool that allows you to automate or connect certain steps or certain apps. Zapier is probably the most popular one. Example of that, there is if this then that. I recently started using a platform called Integrately. There are many other ones, but basically, what these tools allow you to do is to automate certain steps inside a specific project management tool. Let's stick with that tool as an example, or to connect project management tool A with a second tool, for example, or say, okay, whenever there is uh, a booking in my calendar, create a task card into ClickUp, for example, and then have the information from the Google Calendar booking directly copied into that card so that instead of having to juggle between Calendar and ClickUp and other tools, I just get the notification and I find all the information right there in ClickUp. So a project management tool, and then a third-party automation tool like Zapier, Integrately, or so forth, are tools you may want to look at. And the last thing I'm going to add is, if you're using something like Trello, for example, or ClickUp, they actually have their built-in automation features as well. So. You may want to start, if you want to automate certain steps of your workflow, you may want to start to look at those first. For Trello, the automation feature is called Butler, and for ClickUp, it's called ClickBot. Mm,
0: Yes, we we use Trello. I I haven't tried ClickUp, but we use Trello and and really love it, so it just works for our team, and I 100% agree it's made a huge difference to us and our productivity, and also, you know, during COVID when people couldn't work together, I found that, that that really helped the system for us as well. Nice. And it's interesting because you know, you're know, you talking about automating your podcast workflow and it's really a process and systems approach mm-hmm. uh, rather than focusing on the content creation of, of podcast and audio. It's about making it systematic. And I think that sometimes when you get in podcasting conversations, there isn't as much of that connect. Um, Is that something you've experienced?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Because I think that when it comes to uh, systems, having systems simplify everything. And by saying simplify everything, I'm not saying that podcasting is a piece of cake. You're always going to have up and downs. You're going to have days, weeks or even months where you don't feel particularly inspired or you're doubting yourself, asking why you're doing what you're doing. But if especially the tedious parts of your workflow are systematized, then you're gonna be able to really focus on the things you do best. And at the end of the day, those are gonna be the things that keep pushing your podcast further and higher in terms of then getting more people to tune in and build and foster a community of listeners for your show.
0: Fantastic. And if you're, you know, when you're working with your business clients mm-hmm. and they're going, okay, we want to look into leveraging podcasts, you know, what do you think is the best way for them to start? Do you always advise that they should just start by creating their own? Or do you look at other ways that businesses might engage in podcasts? What is your thoughts about, you know, a good starting point for a business? that hasn't previously been involved in podcast content?
1: Amelia, I love this question because I'm often approached by people, companies, and sometimes they want to start a podcast. And when we have a, a brief conversation, the actual final words I tell them, I say, well, actually, from what you told me, it sounds as if podcast guesting would be the more effective way to get to where you want to get to. So here's a practical example. If you say to yourself, I want to get exposure, especially if you're starting out, perhaps you don't have an existing community or an existing uh, audience or a small one, then I'm not sure if you would want to have to learn about all the different aspects of podcasting taking care of the technical side of things, planning the content and all that kind of jazz, perhaps you may be better off to say, okay, let me focus on being interviewed, I don't know, a couple of times a week or a few times a month and be exposed to different audiences. So I think that if a a company or a person, an individual is thinking about podcasting, they should ask themselves the question, what is it that I would like to achieve through podcasting? And there isn't really a right and wrong answer, I would say, but by asking that question and thinking more strategically, you cannot be making smarter decisions. Also, when it comes to those who already have a podcast, or if you're working on your first podcast right now, ask yourself, what do I want to achieve? For example, about the content or the format. If you say to yourself, and this is something I, I did when with my first two podcasts, my number one goal was to use my podcast as a networking asset. So I said, I want to use the podcast to connect with people I would like to be connected to. And in some cases, those connections then le- led to business opportunities, speaking, joint webinars, affiliate promotions, and so forth. Since I wanted to network, picking a solo show probably wouldn't have been the smartest of moves. I picked an interview-based show because I said, well, now I have a, a, let's say, clever excuse to touch base with those people. If I said to myself, oh, my goal is to showcase my expertise, then I may want to be more in the spotlight compared to my guests and not necessarily share the spotlight with them. So I would, to everybody who's here with you and I and listening to be the drop, I would say, Ask yourself, what do I want to achieve? Try to be as strategic as possible in your decision-making because the more often you ask yourself that question or similar kind of questions, the easier it's gonna be to decide where to go whenever you're facing an intersection or a crossroad.
0: Mm. And it's so important in all marketing content, understand your goals, because otherwise, you know, it's very hard to achieve the outcomes you right. want if you haven't really <laughs> clarified that. But 100%, I think, you know, because podcasting has become so exciting, and, you know, it, it's such a fabulous way to communicate. Um, I think people are like, oh, well, I, I better do a podcast too. But I think I couldn't agree more. Take that step back and and just go, okay, why and what do I want to achieve?
1: And understand where you are. I mean, if you've never been in front of a microphone before in your life, it's very unlikely that you're going to be a natural talent. You're going to stumble, you're going to make mistakes if you interview people, you're gonna feel perhaps nervous, you gonna butcher, I don't know, the way you pronounce their name, you're gonna trip on your tongue. I've been doing this, as I said, for six years, I still trip on my tongue quite often, and you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. But the point is that I'm often seeing people even in, for example, I have a Facebook group and we are well over 4,000 people in there. And sometimes I see people who say, well, I've been podcasting for a couple of months and I'm thinking about quitting because I'm not really seeing results, and in my head I'm thinking, well, think about where you are. If you have never been in front of a microphone, and maybe you're starting from scratch, you have zero listeners, you can't expect to become a quote-unquote podcasting sensation. You need to focus on master the craft, become a very good host, a very good interviewer, if you do interviews, a better communicator, storyteller. There is a lot of components to the podcasting puzzle, and I think that oftentimes, especially independent podcasters, they kind of forget about this point. Mm.
0: And it is is—it is that long term. It, it is about building the audience 100%. You know, you've got to grow and take that time. It's the marathon, not not the sprint. Amen. Yeah, and I love it because, you know, as you're talking, I keep reflecting that you really understand that this is an audio medium because you re- you've you been referring to the audience and you've reused my name and your name a few times throughout the interview. There's a few things that I've noticed as you've been talking. I'm just like, yes, he's done this. He's done this many times before.
1: <laughs> I love this. What, what you just said, Amelia, really shows me that you are professional because my background, my academic background, it's actually in communication. So that's what I majored in at both bachelor and master's level or undergrad and graduate level. And what you just said, it's very interesting because those are some nuances that I would dare to say most people don't really pay attention to, as you said, engaging or addressing who's listening, Mm. addressing you using your first name. And if we're talking about something quite visually in nature, for example, try to explain that in the context of audio without visual aid. Those are other components that really make a difference when it comes to podcasting. So yeah, I love the comments you just made. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, and, and it is a skill as well. It links back to you've got to practice it and you need to listen to content and be conscious of audio, which you know, and un- unless you are visually impaired, then you're not as conscious. We're not as connected because we rely on sight. Right. So yeah, fantastic. I have absolutely loved the tips you have shared, Jan. In conclusion, though, can we finish with your be the drop tip so that's your top communication tip for content that motivates and inspires action
1: absolutely i think i'm a foodie so i'm gonna try to use a food reference if that's okay hopefully you won't get too hungry sure. but well or hopefully you will depending <laughs> on whether you consider yourself a foodie or not i would say the ingredients for my recipe for being a better communicator are are a few The first one is never stop learning. As you said a moment ago, Amelia, I think listening is very important. I personally uh, listen to all kinds of podcasts, even children's podcasts, and I don't have kids. Why do I listen to children's podcasts? Do I care about the content itself? Well, probably not. But I still try to pay attention to different aspects. For example, can be something like the use of music, how they transition from topic A to topic B, or from part one to part two. In some other cases is content. In other cases is, I don't know, the type of podcast itself. Oh, I like the fact that this is a storytelling podcast or it's an interview-based podcast or whatever the case may be. So first tip is never stop learning. You can never stop improving as a communicator. The second ingredient is actually has to do with context. So always keep in mind the context in which you are communicating. If you are communicating in audio-only form, you probably should be mindful of certain things that you may almost ignore if you are communicating in a video format. And then we have the audience, can be listeners, can be readers, can be viewers. Don't only think about the context you're in, the medium you're using, but also keep in mind who you're addressing. The topic we have covered today here on on your show, Amelia, I think we would have covered it from a slightly different perspective had your audience been a different type of audience or had your podcast be a different type of podcast. And I think sometimes if you want a story to hit home, you wanna make sure that it's a story that is relevant or that touches upon a pain point, that it's actually a pain point for the people who are listening. And there are many differences or many cases where things may be different. For example, gender. If you're addressing an audience of women versus an audience of men, that can be a difference. There is the culture, there is the language and so forth. But I would say for me, I think these are the three key ingredients and then if we want to add some spices on top keep in mind that sure you're the one creating the content and so forth but you also should be listening to the people around you your listeners people you may involved on your pod yeah with your podcast think of uh, podcast guests for example and so forth
0: mm, well look i I, that did make me, that's my sort of communication cake. So well done with your food analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, think you've, I think that is all the key ingredients that are going to make people, you know, want to come and listen or eat whatever it is that, that you're serving up. Get involved <laughs> in what you're serving up. What a great analogy. You are. Thank you so much. And i really appreciated your time and tips. Uh, so thank you for joining me.
1: This was a lot of fun, Amelia. Thank you so much for for having me here on, on Be The Drop. And I have a confession to make. When I heard the word drop a few times, I, I thought, I don't know why, but I thought I was going to drop my mic, but I'm, I'm happy that nothing happened.
0: <laughs> Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.